It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56, presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. They're falling, dropping from the sky. So many of them. And I'm not talking about the threes last night. I'm talking about the coaches. Holy smokes. You realize in the last less than 24 hours, the two arguably greatest college football and pro football coaches, respectively, are gone. Nick Saban, totally unexpectedly, riding off into the sunset at the age of 72, seven national titles under his belt, 292 wins total. And um, now he hasn't said this, but the speculation we've all heard is that he can't stand the NIL. He thinks players no longer care about team, just about the money and themselves, and he's had enough. They'd get to the semis. I hear people go, well, he hasn't won a national title in three years. But he went to the semis each year. I mean, you get a team to the top four, you've still got six at that school, seven in your pocket, and you're going to question? Crazy. Uh, But he's going to ride off into the sunset, and I don't know if he's going to go to TV or what he'll do. He could just play golf all the time if he wants to. On the other hand, Bill Belichick. Gone not of his own volition, probably will end up with another team. What a decision made by Robert Kraft to let go a guy many consider the greatest NFL coach of all time. Now, I wouldn't go there. You know, I'm, I'm a little more old-school thinking. I go back to the beginning like Hallis and Lombardi and those guys. But certainly Belichick is in the conversation. There can't be any question. I was just having an argument with a person that said, look, Belichick would be nothing if he didn't have Tom Brady, and that's not true. Belichick might not have won as many titles as they won in New England, but Belichick would have been a guy, I guess he had six Super Bowl titles in the 24 years there. He would have won a few. He would have developed the quarterback. And don't forget, he helped, or his staff, under his guidance, helped to develop Tom Brady. Would Tom Brady have been as great with another franchise? We'll never know. They helped each other. But wow, in 24 hours, the two guys at the top of the list in their respective leagues, college and pro, gone. The NFL thing, and we're going to talk with Russell Copeland at 1025 about all of it, is amazing. There's eight gone now. Arthur Smith, Ron Rivera, Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll at age 72, a Super Bowl champ. He got forced out. He's going to be in the office, so to speak, but he made it pretty clear he's still willing to coach. He's got plenty left at the age of 72. Don't forget, before... The season was even over. Frank Reich, Josh McDaniels, Brandon Staley, all gone. Now Belichick is eight. So if you think about it, and there could be more to come, if you think about it, there's 32 teams in the NFL, eight already dismissed. 
That's 25% of the league have dismissed their coaches. And it was dicey in Chicago for Eberflus, but he was able to hold on. He lost his offensive staff. Speaking of staffs, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys saw this. Reggie Howard, Reginald Howard, a guy I really, really loved as a player. He has had been back and forth with the U of M on their staff. Lately, he was quality control for the Washington Commanders in the NFL. Back in Memphis, he's going to be the new cornerback coach. And Kyle Pope who was a very promising defensive line coach, younger guy. I was surprised the Tigers let him go, or maybe he just left. Uh, maybe he was upset that he didn't get, I, I have no idea when I say this, I'm speculating, uh, that he didn't get to look at the D.C. But um, Kyle Pope left. The Tigers are bringing back one of the guys that I loved, Lou Esposito, who has been a college coach in New Jersey. I, I mean, a high school coach in New Jersey. He's going to be the new D-line coach. So, Ryan Silverfield doesn't waste a lot of time. He's picked up replacements. Matt Barnes will be replaced by Reggie Howard, uh, as at least in the defensive backfield. You have Lou Esposito replacing Kyle Pope and, of course, Jordan Hankins, who was your linebacker coach, remains in that position, and he is the D.C. So all of that is there. All right, let's let's get to the inevitable here. Last night, FedEx Forum, another great escape, this time in overtime to a team that Memphis has no business having to go to overtime with. Crazy. I... Spoiler alert, if you're if if you're betting on Memphis this year and you, on any of those crazy apps, you know, if it's a straight up game bet them to win, but if there's a cover involved, forget it. They I I don't know what their record is cuz I don't really keep up with it, but I know when you're a 19 and a half point favorite and you go to overtime, you're not covering that game. 19 and a half point favorite and they couldn't stop threes. 17 threes, that's the most this season with the uh, even more than the 13 that Villanova made. How would you feel if you're San Antonio today, UTSA? You made 17 threes, you had 20 assists in the game and you lost. Only 8 turnovers and you lost. Because you can't defend and neither could Memphis last night, to allow 17 threes. And as Penny said, believe it or not, the game plan was to take out the three. There was a moment when the Tigers, in regulation, I believe, were up six. And Matt Dillon says, okay, this is fantastic. Just take out the three. You can let him hit a two, but you can't let him hit a three. And taking responsibility for it, by the way, in the post-game interview, Nicholas Jordan goes, yeah, that was, that was on me. I didn't pick up the rotation. I stayed in the paint. What? And that's the way it was. They did not make the switches. They didn't rotate like they should, like they had practiced. Penny says, if you streamed the practices, you would see how good we operate, and then in the gym, with the lights on, they, they didn't execute. But the bottom line is, they are now 14-2. and two. They've won nine in a row. They're 3-0 and oh in the league. But you can't keep flirting with disaster, because sooner or later, it's going to bite you. And it could bite you Sunday in frigid Wichita. By the way, it's going to get cold here. How would you like to live in Wichita? 
Here's the forecast for the Tigers on Sunday. They play at noon, so it's going to be freezing cold when you get up. The high in Wichita, this is without wind chill. I don't even know what the feels like is going to be. The high in Wichita on Sunday is 2 degrees. The low is minus 5. Oh, going to be crazy. So the positives, I'm going to give you some positives Memphis got out of that. First of all, they scored 59 points and a half. They ended up with 107 points all told. They had 94 in regulation. 107 points. Wow. Um, Another slow start, but five guys, double figures, and one with nine. So contributions from six. I don't know. The guy with nine was Naquan Tomlin. I don't know what's happening with Naquan Tomlin. But he's not the guy that you saw the first two games. Like, he got to know the team, got in better shape, and got worse. I don't know what's happened there. He's been in foul trouble and fouled out of the last two games. They had 18 assists. Their goal was 20. They averaged 12.5. They shared the ball. They had this kind of balance, but their defense was absolutely awful. And then there's Quinterly. Nine points of the 13 in overtime, and he set the tone right off the bat. He hit a four-point play, a three, got fouled, made the free throw to start the OT and took the pressure off. The guy is incredible when it is crunch time. We got another guy who's incredible when the pressure is on. He's flexible enough to make switches. Normally we have Pete Pranica at 10. He's going to be at 1045. And our our glue guy, our Anderson. Remember? Tone? Antonio Anderson. That's Jarvis Greer. He's coming your way in a minute. I do want to let everybody know our title sponsor. That would be Genesis, Genesis of Olive Branch, that beautiful place at the corner of Highway 78, Lamar, and the first exit in Mississippi is Craft Road. You turn left and you go see Vinny. Vinny Gerard is the guy who is over the Genesis cars, and he's got some specials on the GV70 and the GV80. That is the smaller and then the larger SUV. And the thing about the Genesis SUVs, they still have the luxury ride. You're still above, and they're fast. Oh, my goodness, what a car. With all the new technology, please go see Vinny at Genesis of Olive Branch. Let's head downtown. Let's talk to Jarvis Greer. Good morning. Thank you for switching with us. We appreciate it. Real quick, I mean, crazy things are happening in the sports world. NFL coaches... Out the window, the two goats gone within 24 hours, and the Tigers can't defend a three. Where do you want to start? <laughs> All right, well, real quick, if you want to do the coaches, uh, let me get this. But can you hear me better now? It sounds like I'm in a hallway. Yeah, so um, you the, still sound a little like you're in a hallway, but well, let me whatever, see if I can move around and yeah. remedy that. A what is little it? Bit, they but, don't. They don't have good cell service downtown or something. No, no, no. I was in a hallway. <laughs> that's, a, that's why I sounded like I was in one. I okay. was in a hall. Yeah, uh, let's see. So, first, Belichick. Um, expected, not expected, expected that he would uh, leave. And uh, Or is this a resignation or is this a shuffling out the door? This is, to me, I, I the way I read it is he's out the door, but he's not done. I think he's going to end up somewhere. Uh, you know, yeah, somebody will take him desperate enough. Um, I don't think he's a Titans target, but uh, it's, you know, it's like the time had come. You know, he talked about where after welcome or whatever. You know, he had been there for so long and been so good. And then it just, you know, his, the players that he had with him for all, a lot of those big wins, you know, got older and uh, and either, you know, retired or went to other teams for more money. You know, he was notorious for 
cutting somebody right after they got good or, you know, shipping them off somewhere. And, uh, you know, that train eventually ran off the track. And that's just one thing that happens. So, you know, if he goes anywhere else, you know, I don't know who would want to take him because I don't think he's going to be part of a reclamation project. You know, he'd have to go somewhere, in my opinion, that, you know, is ready to win now. Well, he I don't could think go, he'd want to do but Would you like take that. him in Seattle? Which was, you know, close to, to, uh, to yeah, and that's good. another one. That's another one. Seattle, Pete Carroll. Yeah, I know. You know, I wasn't expecting him to do that because you know he still looks like oh, he was in California Beach. He wasn't expecting it either. You know, if you if <laughs> yeah. you listen to his press conference, he goes, "I'm ready to go. I'm not tired. I'm not sitting yeah. on a cot. I'm I'm ready and to go." And he looks like it. Yeah. He, he looks like that guy. He's still full of energy. I think yeah. he's seventy two as well. He is. Uh, Belichick is seventy one, and then for. Um, you know, the GOAT, as they want to call him, down in Alabama, Tuscaloosa. Yeah. You know, I, I think the real debate is who's going to get that title. Is it going to be him or the Bear down there? Who's, who's? I mean, you know, uh, the bear, Saban's got more titles, but the Bear got here, started. Here, Here's what the Bear, uh, what Saban's got going for him. More titles, 17 mm-hmm. years, a long time, and he's the, the newest one. It's always the guy it's more, the more in your mind at the, at the moment. So uh, yeah. and they both have statues, so they're going to be fine. Uh, yeah, they'll they're, be fine. They're, they're like, who who is going to replace him? Could it be? Here's the list, right? Lane Kiffin, mm-hmm. Dabo Swinney, Dan Lenning, um, who used to be a Tiger, by the way. Yeah, uh, he was, Kaylin, was he under Puente or he was under Norvell, right? I think he was under Norvell. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. Yeah, he was really good. He, you could tell he was destined for a starter. He was really good. You know, you, you think about the young guys that uh, came with Norvell, Lenning, mm-hmm. Lenning and um, the guy who's at Arizona State now who's who was really young. He was a grad assistant tight end coach when, right. mm-hmm. when, when um, actually Norvell gave him that job. He was like a GA, and then he gave him the tight ends position. Um, I can't think of his name. Little guy. Oh, Dillingham? shoot. I, Who? Yeah, Dillingham. I'm yeah. Looking at, yeah, Dillingham. Yeah, there you go. Dillingham. Mm-hmm, okay. So think uh-huh. about those two young guys that are already a part of the Norvell tree, which, by the way, he's on the list. So is Kalen DeBoer from Washington, Steve Sarkeesian, and James Franklin. Those are the ones that pop out quickly. I'm sure there's some other people that are out there that Alabama will vet and, and figure out. Um. You know, if, I, if I'm Bama, I'm putting Lanning at the head of that, that list. That would be mine, too. I agree. He's but a, first I don't know he's a defensive guy. Oregon. And I don't know that he would leave Oregon because Phil Knight's got a lot of money, and uh, they're doing pretty well up there, and he likes it up there. So he's I, already been down here. Well, first of all, he can't South. lose, but you're 37 years old. Yeah, They've okay. never won a national title at Oregon. They won them at Alabama. That's true. That's true. You know, they, they had a kid, uh, a wide receiver, five-star, decommit after the yeah. news that saved him. I think he's the Wasn't number no nine overall consensus athlete. Um, yeah, that's what happens. So. I, I, I've got the feeling that uh, they'll they'll replace that either the portal. Hey, can or I throw in one more one thing real quick? Yeah. Before we get off the coaches. Big Lou coming back to Memphis. Yeah, I mentioned Lou that. Esposito. And it's like. You, you talk about a character out of The Sopranos. Oh, I know. That's Lou Esposito, buddy. Hey, he is, not he's just a funny that, dude. but Reggie Howard's coming back, too. Oh, yeah, Reggie Howard, the great cornerback, defensive back uh, from Memphis, and played in the Super Bowl uh, with uh, with Carolina Panthers. Um, he's coming back, and that's, well, that's, you know, take care of your own. Your own will take care of you, and that looks like what's happening here. And they both have really good credentials, so welcome welcome home. Welcome back in the fold. No, isn't that great? They never left the fold. Welcome back home. I, I mean, it, it, it's it's truly great that you're bringing guys that are your family oh, yeah. back and into the And they care fold. about the program. 
And they really care. About and the Big book. Lou, if I recall correctly, he's really paid his dues. He's been a yes. high school coach, I think, in New Jersey for a long, mm-hmm. long time. So he replaces Kyle Pope. Now, I got to be honest with you. I didn't see Nick Saban's retirement coming. I didn't see Kyle Pope leaving either. I don't know the story. I didn't either. That. Yeah, because he was, he was doing very well with the talent that, you know, that, that we could get at Memphis in that, you know, in that regard. And I thought he did well with, with the talent here. But, hey, you know, they, assistant coaches come and assistant coaches go. That's why Dan Landing left. That's you right. Know, they, got, they get a good offer, and, you know, they got to do what they got to do. So congratulations to both. But Big Lou, man, he's like, he's like, forget about it. You know, he's like a three hundred pound guy that you would see in the Godfather. Oh yeah, no, like, I, I can't wait, <laughs> it's, can't it's wait awesome. to see him because he's always a a joy to just converse with for sure. All right, let's let's quickly get to the Tigers last night, and mm-hmm. they just could not defend the three. Nineteen and a half point favorites, and they got to go to overtime to beat a two eighty six ranked team. Now, I will say this. In the last two nights, one, two, three, five, I think a total of eight top 25 teams fell by the wayside. Memphis did not fall by the wayside, but they could have fallen by the wayside. And I will admit, when they fell behind by four with like a minute seven to go no, Dave, don't in the say game, it. Don't say it, Dave. I don't actually say it. was almost giving up the rope. Oh, you can never let go of the rope, man. It's what JWB. Just win, baby. Al Davis off over. And it's like, I'm telling you, this, uh, you know, well, the, the cliche, you get the best shot from everybody because, you know, this is their Super Bowl and all that business. But, you know, UTSA came in here firing. They took a page out of the Grizzlies book, jacking up a whole bunch of threes and hope, uh, hopefully some of them will hit. And they hit. And that's how they stayed in the game and were able to keep the lead. You say Memphis couldn't defend the three. They were running up the court as fast as they could, either after taking the ball out of the bucket. It was really... You know, if you're a Tiger fan, you need heart medicine, you know, today. But it was, they were going so fast and getting up the court and throwing up those threes, it's like you didn't have a chance to catch your breath, even. You know, well, how do you. Here's what I'll say U- UTSA does average 10 threes a game, okay? They average 44% of their attempts from three point range. But last night, they felt even more dire. I think they, they realized the only way yeah. they could win this game would be to throw up threes, and they did. So they took they did, 76 man. shots last night, 45 of them from three-point range. And what did they hit, eight, 17, 18? 17. You know, they hit 17 yeah, the Tigers threes. hit 11. The Tigers shot well. I mean, they were right at 50 Well, because I'll three. say UTSA doesn't play any defense either. Yeah, no, the Tigers no. got to get off to better starts. They've got to start taking well, uh, 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 more respect it's, for the for the opposition because this, yeah, it's the this classic is crazy. Play down, play down or up to your competition, and it is – it is crazy, and with uh, a team full of guys that just got here, and they're, you know, there is not a, you know, there's a winning culture here, but it's like there's no, that foundation of, you know, Penny's a big defensive coach, and you know he's got to be. Oh, he's mad. I would say pulling his hair out. Well, he's, <laughs> he's, he's already shaved all that off, so he doesn't have to worry about it. Well, that you know problem. what he said to us on the postgame last night is he basically What's said, it? I was really mad after Tulsa and Vandy and Austin P. But now I've come to realize my defense stinks. We're going to change yeah. it. And he said we can fix it. So there there you go. They're going to have to because uh, it is not defensively the team we have seen. But when you got five guys in double figures and one guy, Tomlin, who fouled out, but he, he had nine, you know you've got the weapons. Now you've just got to oh, yeah. defend. Last thing real quick because we're going to talk more about this with Pete Pranica, but Biambo out and Vince Williams. Took him a while to realize the – the, 
value of Vince Williams, but management got it, and they signed him to a really good deal. What, four years? It's three yes, years. Four-year option, and it's under $8 million. I mean, that for a guy who is a two-way guy, that's a pretty good deal for the, for the home team. And he's proven that he belongs on the floor, not just on the roster, but on the floor, playing with, you know, the starters. He is, uh, he's one of those guys, diamond in the rough. He was, what, the 47th pick, I think, overall in the draft. And, he, you know, he was behind Laravia, Laravia and Roddy and all those guys, and he's the one now that's showing that he has got the, you know, defense travels, and he plays that first and foremost. And, you know, you feel comfortable with him guarding anybody on the other team, the KD, whoever, you know, uh, Booker, like he did in uh, the Phoenix game. And uh, it's just, I, I'm very happy for him. You know, they you said they finally got to him. You know, they're going to go. They're going to give their top picks as much rope as they can give them before they work their way down the line. That's just the way it is. But he has shown that he can play, and he has shown that he belongs. I really hate that they let Biombo go, and it was the last day before they had to fully guarantee his contract. So that that's what went into that. But if he clears waivers, he may come back. You know, they may get it right. back on a cheaper deal that well, they did they, not guarantee. They need the center position still. Can't be all Tillman. I guess you're going to move Aldama over. Uh, I'm not 100% certain. Thank you, Jarvo, for being so flexible. We'll talk again in your usual spot on Thursday. We'll talk more Grizz with Pete Pranica later in the hour. Thank you, buddy. Sounds great, man. Have a go. You too. That's Jarvis Greer. He's brought to you in part by the folks at Ken Garland. Ken Garland, custom home builders. Ken knows exactly how big a decision you're making, how much money you are putting into it, that commitment that you're making. So he commits to you to work closely with you. He commits to you to give you what you should expect, quality construction on time, on budget. So, again, go to KenGarland.com and realize this family business for 70 years now. They know what they're doing. And you'll see all over the marketplace beautiful homes built by Ken Garland everywhere. And then call them, 751-1632. Discuss what you want. If you're looking for land, he's got it. Maybe you got land in your family. You're not sure how to utilize it. He's got the wisdom. He sees the little details and the big picture all at once. And he's perfect for a renovation. He'll bring all the modern amenities into your older home. I call it renovation with innovation. It's all part of Ken Garland Custom Home builders. We sit in the family leisure studios. A reminder there, the floor model sale continues where you can get a wicker sofa set for under two grand. There are pool tables under $1,500. That's amazing. The best in the business when it comes to pool tables are there. And then state-of-the-art theater seating, that's under $2,000. You can't beat the floor model sale at Family Leisure. We take a break. When we come back, all these coaches that are falling from the sky, Russell Copeland, he's got the parachute. He's going to let us all know what's going on in just a minute. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. All we hear is radio 
It started with Arthur Smith, then Ron Rivera, former Bear Greg, Mike Vrabel. I think Mike Vrabel's going to end up somewhere. That was shocking. I think he wanted out of Nashville. Pete Carroll forced out, no question about that. Don't forget Frank Reich, Josh McDaniels, Brandon Staley from Carolina, Vegas, and the Chargers, all three, let go during the season. Now, Bill Belichick, that's the eighth. And within 24 hours, the two guys considered the best coaches in their respective positions, NFL, college, all, believe it or not, let go. Well, Saban, that was not let go. He decided to go himself. But certainly this morning we learn about Bill Belichick, that was forced, as was Pete Carroll, our guy who played in the NFL, not with any of those guys, I don't think, as as the coach, but uh, knows them well. That's Russell Copeland. What's your take on eight coaches, 25% of the league gone as of this morning? Good morning. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Dave, honestly, after 18 weeks and 272 games, and I think the playoffs are are, going to be wide open. It's leading to a very interesting offseason when you look at the eight coaching vacancies and you just talk about Bill Belichick and his legacy. You look at Pete Carroll and what he has been able to do not only in college but also in the National Football League. Um, winning Super Bowl 40, 48, 48, 43-8 against the Broncos and then also very close to winning Super Bowl 49 against Tom Brady. So he beat... Peyton Manning and beat Tom Brady. But it's, a, it's really an interesting start to the playoffs and also to the to the offseason. I, I don't think Pete Carroll or Belichick wanted to go. I don't know if Carroll will end up anywhere. He's 72. Belichick's 71. He's no spring chicken either. I get the feeling he's going to end up somewhere, though. Well, well, when you look at Bill Belichick, I, I think he still feels like that he wants to coach. And I think when you look at it, Bill knew that it was the end of an era I think the beginning of the end was when Tom Brady left. But if you look at him from a general manager standpoint, I think that's what you have to look at. It's not necessarily coach. And unfortunately, sometimes it's time to change a scenery. And I would really look forward to see what Bill Belichick can do with another team. And I think he will have his choice. Will he go to another team now or will he sit out like Sean Payton? But there are some openings that I think Bill Belichick would definitely be on the top of some of these vacancies that, that are out there. I'll tell you this. I would not want to be the guy that follows Belichick. I, I don't think I want to be the guy that follows Saban either, for that matter. Uh, although the list they have, those guys are successful. Mm-hmm. They're they're mm-hmm. they're probably going to be successful. I mean, it's impossible to match what Saban did. Seven national titles? Come on. 292 wins? I, I was a little surprised he didn't hold on to get to 300. But uh, I don't know if it was NIL. I certainly hope it's that and not health that forced him out. But I wouldn't want to follow Belichick because, first of all, for Robert Kraft to fire him, that took a lot of cojones. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you fire the guy who's considered the best of all time? And now you're going to bring somebody in that's going to restore you to the kind of past you had in the NFL where it's a lot harder to rebuild or to keep success going than it is at the collegiate level. I mean, to me, uh, that is not a job I'd want if I were out there. I, I, I think – a candidate for me would be Mike Rabel. He played on the Bill Belichick. He understands the culture with the New England Patriots. He coached on the Bill Belichick. That would be my first choice. But when you look at it, I think you have to separate the two 
the Bill Belichick that has won these Super Bowls that's 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 been like such a great coach compared to now. It's not the same coach. He's not winning anymore. It's not the same. He he has lost when you look at how he wins and how he has ran his organization, you look at how he's drafted, you look at his teams, they don't even look like the same team that he had when he had with Tom Brady. You have to separate the two. Now you have to replace them, and I think overall it will be hard to replace. But you know what? Someone has to start. And when you look at going back to Nick Saban, when Nick Saban walked on to Alabama in 2007, he was walking in the shadows of the great Paul Bear Bryant. And he was to bring back Alabama. And when you look at it now, he's not only walked in the shadows, he's now the winningest coach at Alabama. Will that happen with the New England Patriots? That remains to be seen. So I would never say what can't be done, but it's going to take a tall task to do what you need to do in New England. What Bill Belichick is I'll make you a dinner bet at the most expensive restaurant in the history of mankind that the guy that replaces Belichick doesn't come close. I don't think so. I would definitely agree with you, but we could definitely have dinner. I think when you look at today, <laughs> I don't think anyone would have the success that Bill Belichick has had. And to be honest about it, I don't think anyone will have the success that Nick Saban has had when you look at the NIL. I don't think Michigan will repeat next year. When you look at Harbaugh, you know, he's probably going to the National Football League. So it's going to be tough to, to duplicate what both of these great coaches have done back in, to, in today's era. Back to Mike Vrabel for a minute. I, you know, I, I kind of think he forced that because they they were talking about they could trade. Mm. They could make a trade and get some compensatory uh, picks or a player or so if, if indeed um, they wanted to trade him to a team that he may end up going to. I think they came in and they said, here's what we want from you. And he said, no way. Uh-uh, I'm not doing that. And they forced he forced their hand and and forced them to fire him and now he's free to go. Uh do you do you, so you think it's New England where he ends up? Well, well I I think that would be a great start. I mean, you look at the history and you look at what what Vrabel has done with the Tennessee Titans, but you look at who he coached under. You want to stay close to that tree. You have to look at that mindset. Kraft knows him as a player, knows him as a coach. And I think that would be somewhere to start. But when you talk about the Tennessee Titans, I think the beginning of the end for Brable, when you look at not making choices and you lost A.J. Brown and you just look at yeah. the draft picks. But was that, that, was that him yeah. or was that the GM? That was, that, that was not him. And I think that's yeah. what I'm saying, the beginning of the end. And it just reminds me, when you look at Bill Parcells, when Bill Parcells was with the Cowboys, he said he needs to be able to shop for the groceries if he's going to cook them. And I think when you look at Brable right. and you look at the front office, two different ideas they're going in two different directions, and that's what ownership said. They want to hire someone that's going to have the same mindset and the same goals as far as the future for the Titans as a general manager, and I totally agree with you. I think Mike Vrabel wanted to get out. He no longer has the control that he needs in order to be competitive. All right, let's get to the playoffs and the games themselves. And program note, Zach and I will make our picks tomorrow in our pick six, all six of these games. Uh, so the Ravens and the Niners are the one seeds in the NFC and the AFC. They will have the week off. Uh, let, let's start with, in the AFC, the team that the Ravens will play. So that's the four and the five game. That's the Houston Texans and the Cleveland Browns in Houston. Maybe the surprise of the year with the rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud. Break that one down for me, Russell Copeland. 
Dave, what a great job that D'Amico Ryan and, and the rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud have been playing throughout the year. But I have to look at the Browns and Kevin Stefanski, what he has been able to do, not having Watson. Now you bring in an old quarterback that was sitting at home, Joe Flacco. I think they have a championship type of defense led by Miles Garrett. I think it'll be a really good game, close game. But I think C.J. Stroud will be under pressure throughout the game. I like the Browns on the road against a really young, talented Texas team that will play hard for four quarters. Kansas City and Miami in KC at Arrowhead. They're the three seed, the Dolphins, faltering down the stretch, losing to your Buffalo Bills for the NFC Championship uh, or for the East Championship, which would have gotten them the two seed that Buffalo sits in. How do you see that game? So we call this the Tyreek Hill Bowl. Tyreek Hill is going back to Kansas City Chiefs. I think he'll be fired up and he'll be ready to go, but I think it's going to go beyond that. I think when you look at Tua Tagovailoa and that offense, they have really struggled against really good teams. I think Steve Spagnuolo will put a lot of pressure on that offense. I like the Chiefs and Andy Reid along with Patrick Mahomes. I know the Chiefs aren't the same Chiefs that they were before, mainly because they've lost Tyreek Hill, but I think at home they're hard to beat. Give me the Chiefs. Is is Tyreek really 100% either? He was doing a lot of limping last week. Dave, I don't think anybody's 100%, but I tell you what, he'll be ready to go and fired up to let everyone know, listen, when I left here, y'all are not the same, but I had two back-to-back 1,700 yards. He'll be ready to go. He'll be ready to play. All right, and then your old team, Buffalo, that had that big win that was hot five games in mm-hmm. a row, but I never trust Josh Allen, really. Uh, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers and the fact that in 17 years – Mike Tomlin has never been under 500. That is an accomplishment I don't think mm-hmm. we give enough homage to. That's amazing to me, but I, I it's Buffalo that's on a roll, and it's in Buffalo. i got a feeling it'll be freezing in Buffalo. It, it, it will. This is definitely a black and blue game, but talking about Mike Tomlin, he's another name that could come up after these playoffs. Will he step down as well? But looking into this game right here, I think it'll be a great game, physical game. You just talked about it. It'll come down to the quarterback play, Josh Allen. If Josh Allen continues to turn the football over, I think it'll be closer than what it should be. The Steelers do not have their great uh, sack rusher in T.J. Watt. I think it's going to come down to Josh Allen protecting the football, running the football. To me, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have the quarterback they need if it's going to be Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett. I like the Buffalo Bills, but seriously, it's going to come down to how Josh Allen protects the football. Will he allow the Pittsburgh Steelers to hang around with turnovers, or will he play pretty much what he's played the last five of the last six games? Yeah, what does it say about Kenny Pickett, obviously? He's healthy now, and they're going with Mason Rudolph anyway. It seems to me to think that the Kenny Pickett experiment is not 100% successful. It, it definitely isn't. I, I mean, I, we talk about it all the time with quarterbacks being hard. You look at the offensive coordinator change that you had with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're going with the hot hand and Mason Rudolph, but still, that's going to be some questions to ask. What is Kenny Pickett now going into his third year when we talk about next year? He's definitely not where he should be at this point. So we mentioned in the NFC the Niners are off. They will play the winner of Tampa and Philly, the 4-5. So the Buccaneers, with their... Very average year, win the South in the NFC, get home field advantage, and take on the Eagles that have, what, lost five of their last six that have mm-hmm. really struggled. This one is a hard-to-handicap game. It definitely is. And can Nick Sirianni galvanize his football team to make a deep playoff run? You talked about them losing five out of the last six. I think you have to start on the defensive end. The last five or six games, they're towards the end. Uh, defensive as for statistics. Let's look at the Bucks. 
You look at now, Baker Mayfield is really playing good. He's looking like the quarterback that people thought he would four or five years ago. I think it's a great combination between him and Mike Evans. You also have Godwin. But I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think Nick Sirianni gets his front seven playing a lot better. The back end is going to be with the back end. They're going to give up yards. I think a very, very close one with the Eagles, and it could go either way. The 2-7 game, the Dallas Cowboys against the Green Bay Packers, but it's in Dallas where the Cowboys never lose, and the referees, like in the Detroit game, make sure that happens. (laughs) Mike McCarthy going against his whole team, I think it'll really be good. But I think when you look at it, this is the Dallas Cowboys season. I think they can make a big run, and this is their game to lose. I think Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb, I think they'll carve away that bad secondary for the Green Bay Packers. I like the Cowboys at home. They've won 16 straight. You talked about the Detroit Lions with the call, but I like I like the Cowboys. Yeah, Green Bay's defense is not very good. This could be a big game for Prescott for sure. And then finally, Detroit, finally in the playoffs at home against a very improving, tough L.A. Rams. Well, when you look at this, this is Matt Stafford going home, being there for 12 years, not able to really win. That's going to be big. I think Jared Goff is going to be amped for this game. Led the Rams to Super Bowl 53 only for them to trade him to the Detroit Lions and get Matthew Stafford, who went on to win Super Bowl 56. I think this is going to be a great game as well. I'm going to go with Dan Campbell. I like how Jerry Goff is spreading the football around. He has to protect the football. But I like how they can run the football and be physical with Gibbs and also Montgomery. Thunder and Lightning, their defense can get after the quarterback. Be a really good game, but I'm going to take the Lions and Dan Campbell at home. It is like the ultimate win-win, right? I mean, the two quarterbacks switch teams, and they're both successful into the playoffs. And for Detroit, the first time they've been there uh, forever. So uh, great stories, great picks. Thank you so much. We'll, uh, We'll be down to... I guess it's the final four in each next week when we we discuss. Looking forward to this week, and I'm also looking forward, Dave, to where are these coaches going to land in this carousel leading to the offense. Yeah. It should be very interesting. Yeah, no kidding. This this has been crazy when 25% of the league is wide open. <laughs> I know. And the last thing, Dave, before we go, I think this is the first time in a long time when you look at the coaches that are going to be available. You look at Jim Harbaugh. You look at Bill Belichick now. You look at Mike Rabel. Uh, you look at Ron Rivera, you have some really good coaches that are available. First time in a long time that you've had this type of resume of coaches being available for opening. That is Russell Copeland on the National Football League. Thank you, buddy. Talk to you next Thursday. Thank you, man. We take a quick timeout. When we come back, Pete Pranica on his surprising Grizzlies. They made a move yesterday. We talked about it earlier. Vince Williams gets a regular contract. Biembo? Hate to say it, but he's gone. At least for the moment, we'll get uh, we'll get the scoop from Pete, the TV voice, in just a minute on Wallow and Friends. Start your day with Sports Fifty Six Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from seven to ten, right here on Sports Fifty Six and ninety eight five FM. Now back to Wallow and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Hey, Pete Branica was dancing the night away after that improbable road trip. The TV voice of the Grizz, kind enough to join us now. That's crazy. How do you go on a West Coast swing 
where some speculated you could go 0 for 3. You lose the star for the year, John Morant, after game one. You lose after game two, the second best player on the team in Triple J, although that's arguable, Bain is pretty good. And you still walk away 3-0? and That's crazy. How did that happen? Good morning, Pete. <laughs> good morning. Um, never underestimate the heart of this team. I, I think that's the, the bottom line, honestly. Um, guys rallied. They played exceptionally hard. Uh, and I think that, you know, even though Morant wasn't able to play the last two games, I think just his presence around the team has elevated everybody's spirit. And you, you, you're seeing guys play better than they did before, during his suspension. I think Zaire Williams is exhibit A of that. Um, you know, Luke Kennard uh, had a streak where he wasn't shooting well. Last couple games, he shoots really well. So, um, and Xavier Tillman. You know, had a double-double against Dallas, only the second one he's had all year. You have to go all the way back to the opener. But he, he was fantastic. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's hard. It's great. It's determination. And, uh, you know, and Dallas was content to play hero ball. And, yeah, so you got two heroes and uh, nobody else to help you out when you offer the Grizzlies. It was a total team effort. The the thing that amazed me the most, there was a 20-3 to run, I believe, second quarter of that game in Dallas, where – Roddy scored 11 points in a row by himself, including the most improbable dunk. Uh, I didn't know Roddy had it in him, but what a, what an incredible uh, combination of power and, and leaping ability and speed. But um, in that sequence, there were a couple of possessions where that ball moved around the perimeter. I'm, I'm, I'm saying there were like nine passes in 10 seconds. It was unbelievable the way this team played. I thought, I thought it was the best they've played uh, all year long. Yeah, and we, we've been saying that really throughout the road trip. The, the ball movement, the body movement, starting with the Laker game was really good, uh, and it, it's continued throughout the trip. And, you know, now they have a blueprint. This is This is how we have to win, and you're seeing them attacking the paint more frequently. I thought during Jaws' suspension, uh, the Grizzlies did not get enough of the paint. Um, you know, I know you don't have Stephen Adams. I know you don't have Brandon Clark, who were prime uh, paint scorers. And, of course, John Moran, I think, was top 10 in the league in, in paint scoring last year. So you don't have those guys. But that doesn't mean that you go away from trying to at least explore the paint, which is going to give you a, a better-looking three-point shot and a better-looking shot overall. And I think now that they've got a blueprint, they understand. Okay, now we've we've done it the way we think we should do it, and we're getting results. So let's keep doing it. And uh, and so, like I said, they, they've got a blueprint for going forward, even without John Moran. Well, but now they don't have Bismarck Biombo anymore either. That center position, uh, although Tillman was so. Cr- I mean, Tillman had the best game I've seen him play in a long time in the game at Dallas, but. Who replaces Biombo at center? I know why you did it. You did it to sign Vince Williams, who is very worthy. And what a deal. I mean, $7.9 million for basically the three years and an option year in the fourth. That's a great hometown deal for the Grizzlies. But you have to give up the center position. Who's going to be that replacement? Is it going to be Tillman and, and Aldama? How do they work that? I think in the short term, it's going to be X. I mean, he, he was the starter last year after Steven Adams went out, and I thought acquitted himself very well. Um, beyond that, you know, are there other moves that are going to happen? Um, you know, I depending on the way the roster shakes out and what deals uh, Zach Kleiman might be able to make and assuming that Biz clears waivers, I, I you know, and I'm not, I don't claim to have any specific inside knowledge, it wouldn't surprise me if somehow Bismarck Biombo finds his way back to Memphis, but there's going to have to be some roster 
uh, adjustment adjustment to get him back. Um, I think Wojnarowski reported that the Grizzlies were looking at a two-way big man. Right, I saw no, that. I, no idea who that might be. Um, but I know that the Grizzlies really, really like Biz as a locker room presence, as a good screener, good rebounder, shot blocker. If there's a way, some way that they could find to get him back on the roster, I, I'm pretty sure they would do it. I just don't know. I don't know what the path forward is to doing that. In that Dallas game, you said you found the blueprint, but there was also a moment that seems to encapsulate the entire year for the Grizzlies, and that's Marcus Smart hitting a three, kissing um, his hand to the crowd in Dallas, and as he does so, lifting his hand and seeing, oh my gosh, my finger looks like Lionel Holland's. It's dislocated it's going in a different direction he shows it to the coach he says go see the doctor what's the status with marcus smart is that not crazy hits a three and realizes he's got a dislocated finger well marcus marcus explained after the game and if you go back earlier in the game there was the play where kyrie irving swipes at the ball yeah. it was originally called the foul was overturned that it was all ball no marcus's finger got caught in there mm. and that that was kind of the genesis of it and whatever he did with that shot then it actually became apparently um dislocated uh marcus did say after the game that uh, they'd get an mri on it and i i don't have any results or anything like that now we'll get the status report for tomorrow's game against the clippers around five o'clock today so that'll probably be the the next update well where we'll know whether or not he will he will be available then he had a left hand injury now he's got a right hand injury yeah it's just been yeah, he's going. Okay, what what basketball god did we anger really to to have this this run of uh, bad luck? Uh, and it's incredible because Smart is in this run. I think I heard you say that's the first time in his career he's had three straight twenty plus games, and then yep. this happens. That's the what? Yeah, yeah. That's we're we're all scratching our heads and and looking for you know something to something to smash because it, 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 yeah, it's incredibly frustrating because. You'd like for there to be some consistency in the lineup, and you know Taylor Jenkins is having to patch and plug, and you know the fourth quarter very nearly turned into a disaster because you didn't really have a ball handler outside of Desmond Bain who had already played like thirty six minutes going into the fourth quarter. So um, yeah, it's it's it, it's been really frustrating because these guys they're, they're playing their butts off, and you know at least they got the reward with three wins on the road trip, but to see the the injury luck turned the way that it has is just like come on man. it's crazy and what and what about Derek Rose where does he sit right now uh I, there's been no update on Derek um I haven't seen him on on court doing any workouts on on the road games but there's there's been no update so I uh, again I I don't have any information to share mm. Mm. What, a, what a what what a crazy year at least you're home three straight games at home now you got the clips tomorrow night you got the Knicks you got Golden State on Monday and the MLK Day and the Symposium. Are you still moderating that thing? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to try to make it down for my first visit to a Grizz game this year so I can see that. Who who's who's there? Make me excited. Let's see. We got Renee Montgomery. We've got Calvin Hill. We've got Calvin Andy Hill wow. and uh, Alex English. Oh wow! So, so yeah, so we we've, we've got we've got those four. Very excited about it. Um, the symposium, sponsored by the Hyde Family Foundation, it is it is one of the highlights of the year. It's it's one of the things that I work exceptionally hard at, at trying to 
to uh, you know ask good questions and get the conversation rolling. But our honorees are always fantastic. Nancy Lieberman last year was just off the charts, amazing. And I had no idea that she she grew up as, as a little girl as a friend of Muhammad Ali. I mean, you know, so you you come up with these amazing stories and um, four wonderful honorees, and we're very excited to have them. And uh, like I said, it, it's a long it's a long day for us. We're on the air from. 3.30 until the conclusion of the game because the symposium is on live television on Valley Sports Southeast. You're not able to get there in person. Um, it's a long day, but it is without a doubt, Wolo, it is the most rewarding day yeah. uh, that, that we have. I have never walked away from being at a symposium um, not feeling more fulfilled or learning something that is really important. Uh, food for the soul, that's for sure, and I, I, I hope I can make it on Monday. Hope you can too, and uh, folks, if you've got a if you've got a game ticket, man, it's it's free to you to to come and join us. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate it so much, and we'll talk next week regular time on Thursday. Sounds good, Willow. You got it. That's Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Grizzlies. I have to end this show on a very sad note. I'm sure many of you have heard um, a real gentleman in the sports community in Memphis, and I. I don't overuse that term at all when I talk about Herb Hilgeman, the longtime coach of Rhodes College. 41 years he was involved in the Memphis, uh, in the Rhodes basketball program. He was the head coach for 34 years. Not only is he the school, Rhodes, winning as coach of all time, he's the SCAC, their conference. He's the winningest coach in the history of. Of that conference, 72 years old, he battled for seven years with cancer. It finally got the best of him. The court now you know at Rhodes is named after Herb, a true giant in our community, will be missed by all of his former players, of his colleagues at the school, and certainly the fans that got to know the Rhodes program. Gentlemen, in every sense of the word, Herb Hilgeman. Final portion of our show brought to you by... Southern Security, your home, team, credit union for 70 years now. Southern Security has been serving the Mid-South with the best, absolute best rates, the lowest fees, unreal service, like taking phone calls, and all the latest in technology. Wait till you see the new building that they have in Collierville, they broke ground. That's going to have the latest and the greatest when it comes to any kind of technology to make business, your banking, easier, more understandable. If you're a business owner, this is the perfect place for you, your home team credit union, Southern Security, by the way, Big Tiger supporters. If you are in need of an auto loan, you want better benefits with a credit card, they're there. They can handle all your business banking needs. All you got to do is either go to southernsecurity.org, but here's the best part like I like, you can call 452-7900. They actually encourage you to call 901-452-7900. Talk to the team members. It's that simple to become a part of the family. Southern Security, your home team credit union. That'll do it for us tomorrow. Pick six. We've got Andy Schiffman on the NF uh, on the NBA, and Brian Dacus will end our week as he always does. That's tomorrow. Johnny Radio, though, comes your way in a minute. Have a great day, everybody.